Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Back to Ashes. My name is Phoenix. I'd like to give a thank you to the reformed members of this channel. Denise S., Seven Leaf Clover, Through Scrutiny, Samantha Place, Lisa Ratford, Tina Mead, Stephanie McLaren, Corpse Lover, Mana Ash, Normandy W., Chrissy Elias, Cindy Cleveland, and Patty's Knees. If you would like to become a member of Back to Ashes or would also like to help donate to my GoFundMe so I can find a place to move, all of that information can be found down below. If you are new here or have yet to do so, don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and comment, as that does help boost this channel and push it into the algorithm, and it will also let you know every time I upload a video. With all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes, for once we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, stronger, and a happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in to get warm, and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Creepy Encounters. Right after this intro and ad will play, I'll read the first story and ad will play, and after that there will be no more ads within this video. This happened during my freshman year of college. I was 18 at the time. It was the first few days of the semester, and upperclassmen were offering to take freshmen to Target. I needed to get some things for my dorm, so I went. Everything was completely normal up until we walked out of the Target. After we stowed our items away in the car, I took the empty cart and looked for a parking lot cart station to leave it in. Here's where it gets interesting. On my way back from dropping the car off, I noticed this car was driving slowly behind me. I looked back confusingly, and the driver sped up to meet me and lowered the window. He looked like a regular middle-aged man and told me, My boss is giving away these huge surround sound stereo systems we've got in the back of the car. We have a bunch of them. Would you like one? This is when I noticed the other guy in the passenger seat. He was huge and had a nasty glare that gave a really, really bad vibe. I took a quick peek to the back since it was kind of visible and I couldn't see anything. I said no thanks and to have a good day, and the driver straight up says, F you, and speeds away. Overall, really suspicious experience. I still don't know what would have happened had I gone to the back. I work at a homeless shelter for men in a fairly large Midwestern city. It's rewarding work, but the pay isn't great. Listening to these guys' stories and experiences leaves me feeling incredibly grateful and humble. Many are mentally ill, addicted, alcoholic, or some combination of the three. A few are truly men who are just down on their luck, victims of other people's mistakes, but it's rare. Generally speaking, almost all are local, as there is literally nothing to bring you to the city besides either work or family. Which brings me to Carl. He creeped me out from the beginning. He's not from here, in fact. He's from the West Coast, which is easily a two-day drive. He's an outdoorsy type with a kayak on top of his SUV. This made me suspicious. Why would someone who loved the outdoors leave the West to come here? He is never drunk or high, perfectly well-spoken, and no obvious mental problems like so many of his fellow residents. His backstory makes no sense. They rarely do here. He was yet another extremely rich, successful man who got screwed into some vague and never believable way and ended up homeless. In fact, the residents here are all misunderstood geniuses, musicians, brilliant salesmen, former athletes that should have been pro, etc., etc., and they all got screwed by something or someone. It's all bullshit stories, and he is no different. Carl, though, is different. Well-spoken, worldly, extremely polite and educated. So, why is he here? On the run? We don't allow the police to come in looking for anyone unless we call them ourselves. It's a perfect place to hide for someone running from something. 
So he's from out of state with some weird story of how he ended up here. I gave up a rat rave, packed up, and this is where I ran out of money. Sure, bud. He's trying to befriend me. It creeps me out. Anyway, I caught him alone by the dumpsters yesterday. He was shirtless on a mat looking like a praying Muslim or someone doing yoga deep in thought. His tattoos were satanic. That goat head guy on a man's body and something written in Latin. When he noticed me, he grabbed something quickly and put it in his pocket. No idea what it was. I told him he couldn't be back here and he complied. He was also chanting something I couldn't make out before he noticed me. Something about blood. Very creepy and very, very scary. He hasn't done anything wrong, per se, and we can't kick someone out for being creepy or practicing their religion. Oh well, another day at the shelter, and I just have to deal with the creeps. This next story is for anyone who has daughters. Please try your best to keep them safe. Here we go. I was talking with a friend the other day and I was reminded of a bizarre encounter that I had when I was in middle school. So this was nearly 13 years ago. Maybe this isn't as creepy as I remember it being as an adult, but given all the stories about trafficking or kidnapping, I still feel very weird when I think of this. I was walking home from my aunt's house after school and she lives only about a block from my parents' house. It was starting to drizzle a little, so I remember finding it curious to see a man in a business suit and no coat or umbrella walking seemingly to nowhere. That would make sense. There aren't any modeling agencies near the street, so him being on foot at about 6 p.m. seemed odd. He stopped me while I was walking on the sidewalk and abruptly asked me if I ever considered modeling. At this time, I was about 12 and very goth, so no, I obviously was not modeling. Something about this whole thing sent off alarm bells for me, because it didn't seem like any viable agent would ever approach any random young girl like this. What still strikes me about this was how he was carrying a portfolio of his models that he showed to me and legitimatized this proposal. But the pictures were either A, not of actual people, but illustrations, watercolor paintings, architecture, or scenery, and B, photo shoots taken from fashion magazines like Vogue he was passing as his own clients. He tried to get my information from me, and I hurriedly declined and said I would have to talk to my parents. I don't believe he had a business card, and at the mention of my parents, he seemed to back off. Once I walked away from him, I remember running the rest of the way home. I told my parents about this, and they agreed it seemed really off too. They did call the police to alert them of any suspicious activity just in case, but I never heard anything about it again. I'm curious if any other young girls encountered something similar to this a few years ago. Now from that story, please, please, please keep your children as safe as possible. There are really some true creeps out there. Onwards with the stories, shall we? My aunt and uncle's house was in a small desert town. They had about four acres of land and a good amount of space between neighbors. On the back of their property, there was a fenced-in area with a large shed and an old salvaged U-Haul moving truck. I was visiting for a couple of weeks one summer. My little cousin and I were about 10 and 12 at the time. One morning, we were roaming the property by ourselves. The adults were all out running errands. We ended up walking between the fence and the old moving truck. We were on the passenger side of the truck, walking from the back towards the front. All of a sudden, my cousin just froze. 
the hairs on the back of my neck stood up instantly. He didn't make a noise and just pointed at the side mirror. In the reflection, he could see a man sitting in the driver's seat. His face was caked in dirt and blood. He was moving around quickly, and at one point, he ducked out of our view. We instantly turned and sprinted back to the house. We locked all the doors and called the cops and family. We were freaking out, running from room to room, looking out the windows, brandishing baseball bats. The police and family showed up after about 15 to 20 minutes. They searched all over, but never found the man. They found the fence was bent down where he must have climbed over. There was blood and dirt smeared all over the driver's side seat of the truck. He must have been trying to steal because the ignition wires were pulled out like he was trying to hotwire it. No explanation for the blood. Nothing happened after that. My cousin and I had nightmares for the next few nights. That's about it. So, thank you for scarring me for life, man in the empty truck. A couple of years ago at university, I decided to join a project group that catered to a niche interest. The group met on Thursday evenings, so I went along for the first time, excited to join. I had a pretty good time and met some really awesome people. There was a one guy sitting next to me who didn't say very much. He kept staring at me while we were working on our project. I didn't think much of it, assuming he was just awkward around girls or something, so I tried to be friendly and speak to him, the same as I was speaking to the other people in our group project. He still didn't really say anything to me. He'd just look at me, but he was working hard on the project, so again, I didn't think much of it, aside from that you get all kinds of people in the world. At the end of the meet, I said goodbye to the group I'd been working with and agreed to see them at the next meetup. I said goodbye to the strange guy as well, since he was standing near me silently with everyone else. Feeling good about the project, I turned away and left the building to walk home. But as I walked away from the group, I noticed the strange guy immediately peeled away from the group and was walking right behind me. I turned and tried to be super friendly by saying, Oh, uh, I'll be walking down that road, so I'll say goodbye now and see you next time. He said nothing and kept walking behind me. I guess my programming of being polite and friendly to scary men was kicking in. I was getting slightly creeped out, but at this stage I was mostly annoyed because I wanted to walk alone listening to my music. I had a long walk home and didn't feel like a pained interaction with this strange, awkward guy. Anyway, after quite a while of saying nothing, he was still walking with me, but he was now next to me, still completely silent. I was starting to get majorly creeped out, but I still tried to reason with myself that he's just an awkward dude who happens to live in the same direction as me. We were walking towards a common student area. So I decided I'd keep walking until I got to a grocery store not far from home. I also considered that should he have bad intentions, I wanted to stay friendly to him so as not to anger him. He continues walking with me in silence, and by the time we reach the grocery store, it's been about 20 minutes. I'm thinking I just need to get rid of him by going in here as he'll just continue on to the house, right? Nope. I say, well, I've got to get loads of shopping done, so <laughs> I'll say goodbye. And I go into the store. I see him hesitate at the door, but he says nothing. I go in the store and glance back, and he's still outside the store. But thank God he didn't come in with me. So I run around the aisles for a bit to waste time. And then I see him crossing the end of one aisle. Inside the store. 
I grabbed something random off the shelf to take to the cashier, having some vague plan of telling them what was happening. But being naive, I was still worrying about reading the situation all wrong and getting a poor awkward guy in trouble for nothing. So I didn't say anything. While paying, the guy saw me and waited for me at the exit. I walked past him and this time said nothing at all. I decided to just go straight home, since I live with male roommates who I thought would be able to help me and it was the first thing I thought of to do. Probably very stupid to reveal where I lived, but I was freaked out and not thinking. I didn't want to use my cell to call anyone as I was worried I would just make the guy angry to hear me saying I was scared of him. So, he continues walking next to me, and we power walk to my house. At this point, I realized with shock that none of my roommates would be home at this time. So, I was actually alone. The guy was still silent, and he actually followed behind me as I walked up the path to my front door. I repeat the next part over and over in my mind for all the things that could have gone wrong and all the possibilities of what could have happened. I decided I just had to get inside and lock the door at any cost, so I thought the best thing to do was shock him. I got my keys ready in my hand and turned them in the lock. Then I turned around and flung my arms around his neck, saying, Thank you so much for walking me home. It was so nice to meet you. And just being really loud and friendly and hugging. It did shock him, and in the next second, I'd remove myself from him, turned, slipped through the door, and slammed it shut. He didn't have time to react, and I got in safely. After going upstairs, I looked through the window and saw him go back out to the road and just stand there for a bit. Then, he just walked off back up the road. Goes without saying, I never went back to that project group, and it made me extremely anxious about letting anyone know where I live. I looked out for the guy constantly, but never saw him again in my road. So, for whatever reason, he didn't come back. Don't know what his intentions were, but it was just bizarre. It made me very vigilant, and overnight, I went from naive and friendly to suspicious and private. So, a little background. This happened about two hours ago. I was going to meet my friend at a local school to skateboard and just hang out. My friend said he might not show up because he has a headache and told me to go ahead. And he'll just text me if he's coming or not. That's the only reason I went. I live right across the border from the U.S. into Canada. And we have smog right now because of the wildfires in California. So it made everything much more scary. I was taking a quick break and on my phone when a kid with a backpack on walks up to me and says, Hello. I didn't know if he was talking to me, so I said, Pardon. He casually responds that he was just saying hello and walks past me. He says, Have a good day and leaves around the corner of the school. I thought that was the end of it and just got an okay, probably just a social kid's vibe. Honestly, I wish I was wrong. Not even ten minutes pass when this kid comes around the corner, and he came from last time. I had set up my phone to film a trick, so I actually got the first minute and a half of our interaction on tape. Only my feet and board are visible, but you can clearly hear him. Because of the smog, everything was pretty fuzzy, and it looked like he came almost out of nowhere. So I got a bit scared when I noticed him. The next part is all talking. Johnny is the kid, Carter is me. I walked around the whole school. We're the only ones here. He said this while staring directly at me. Yeah, 
makes sense because of COVID and the smog. Not two people around, I guess. Yeah, I went to check. Not even kids are with their parents. The small exchange put me on edge. Everything he said seemed really thought out and was said in a very creepy tone. Almost like he wanted me to know we were completely alone. At this point, I picked up my phone and the video was still recording. This made me feel safer in case something happened. He then sits down in front of me, takes off his backpack, pushes it in front of him, and unzips it. He takes out one of those metal sticks that you have to put together by screwing each part together. He also took out a silver mask. If you've seen Money Heist, it looked a bit like the Salvador Dali masks but all silver with just the mustache being black and lays them out in front of him, all while staring at me. Do you know about the gangs? Uh, I'm not in one, so I don't know much about them, but I know they exist. Do you know about Paco gangs? I live in a city named Paco, and we have specific gangs here. Uh, like I said, man, I'm not in a gang, so I wouldn't know too much about them. Because I don't associate myself with them. You know, the Paco gangs wear masks like this. And they use sticks like this to attack people. I actually got him asking me about gangs on video and me replying. I'm standing with my phone in my hand and in the video. I text and call my boyfriend, saying that there is a kid here asking me about gangs, and that I'm a bit scared. The call is going, and my boyfriend can hear our conversation, but doesn't respond, knowing that he should just hurry over. He lives a few minutes away, by the way. This dude pulls out from his back what I now know is a golf divot. Which is the easiest way to explain is a two-pronged sharp thing that fixes grass and golf. I don't know what it was and just saw metal and sharp. I took a step back and moved towards my stuff, which was a few feet to my right. Are you leaving? Are you scared? I'm just going to get my stuff, bro. He drags the divot around the ground and says... This is how you make it sharper. Yeah, they they sharpen knives like that too. It's sharp. He makes an almost stabbing motion when he said that. I move away a bit, being genuinely scared. He's going to do something and put my board between us. Are you leaving? Are you scared? If anyone is around me and has something sharp while talking to me about gangs, I'm going to keep my distance. Just for my safety, dude. He threw the divot back in his bag and mockingly said, There, I put it away. It's just a golf thing. Jeez. I'm just concerned about my own safety, man. I put my stuff in my pockets and he once again asks if I'm leaving. Do you want me to leave? No, I just want to talk. Just sit and talk with you. Once again, said in a creepy, dark tone. At this point, my boyfriend walks around the corner that's behind me, and I see fear in the kid's eyes. My boyfriend is six feet tall, while I'm five foot three, and is wearing a hoodie with his hood up. He did look intimidating, if I'm being honest, and it made the kid back off. Do you know him? Yeah, he was supposed to be here like 20 minutes ago. My boyfriend walks up, and we just pretend he was late to hang out and put his arm around me. Is that your older brother? My boyfriend looks at the kid and said, no, I'm his boyfriend, and kisses my forehead. We start to leave and say bye to the kid who looked at me and says, I'll see you later. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know about that. Maybe. I was creeped out and scared, so I'm saying random stuff just to leave. 
My boyfriend and me turn the corner and start walking when we realized he's following us. He has the mask on and is dragging the metal stick on the cement. It is making a really loud noise as everything else was really quiet. There was, in fact, no one around us. My boyfriend and me walk to the playground and finally people start to show up. A family with their kids, a lady walking her dog, and a guy smoking near the forest. My boyfriend and me went to the corner store and I filled him in on what happened and that he came perfectly in time. We buy some random stuff and go back to his house where his friend is hanging out waiting for him. We tell his mom who informs us that there have been non-emergency calls to the police station of a kid hanging out in people's yards for no reason and tells me I should call them too to let them know in case it's the same kid and because he had dangerous weapons like objects on him, metal sticks and the divot. We drive back to the school and see if the kid is still there. He was, and was the guy who was smoking. I called the non-emergency number line, and I just got an automated message saying that they're either closed or can't take any more calls. I'm going to call again tomorrow and tell them what happened. I'm concerned for others around here. I'll add an update if I call, so... You all will know. Looky there, that was fast. So I called the non-emergency line the next morning and they said it was weird. That the automatic message said they were closed or not taking calls because they are 24-7. Anyways, the guy said they can't do anything if I don't have his picture. Yet I have his description, his voice, and where we were. The guy said that... He can go home and change. Like, yeah, but I don't think he dyed his hair. And also majorly gained or lost weight in the past 24 hours that passed. But I guess I get what they mean. Overall, the guy on the phone wasn't helpful at all. And I'm going to keep the video just in case I meet him somewhere else again. My best friend and I, both female, went to the mall near her house and were walking around the normal stores we would check out. We saw a cute guy, but didn't know how to approach him since we are social outcasts. He must have noticed because he came to talk to us. After a month or so, I started dating him for about five months and am introduced to pot and mushrooms. A few weeks to a month into the relationship, he tells me about a girlfriend he had back in Tennessee that cheated on him when he moved down south. He told me he knew the Mexican mafia and, in great detail, how he wanted to kidnap both his ex, the guy she cheated on him with, and their families and slowly torture and kill them. I thought he was joking until he got into the lengthy details of injecting acid into their veins, violent beatings, and body disposal. My parents picked me up after that, and not telling them what I had learned, I silently cried in the back of the car. He shows me his sword and knife collection shortly before I joined a D&D group that's hosted at a store in the mall I live next to. After I join, he becomes very upset and jealous, and went as far as showing up during a session I was not present for and threatened them with some of his knives. I, of course, apologized to my group since I knew every one of them from my friend group at school. Not much later, he thinks I'm pregnant and shows me a case from the FBI that included black gloves with weighted knuckles just in case he needed a forced miscarriage by beating me. I went to my best friend's house since she lived just down the street. Her entire household of maybe 12 or so was waiting for me outside, and her stepbrothers had guns at the ready. We talked him down, and he just took me to get the morning after pill. I don't remember what caused this. But at some point, I sent him a lengthy message of, I'm sorry, 
and he made me bow to him the next time I saw him and say it as many times as I wrote it. He also threw something I gave him in the street and kept running after it, picking it up, running back to me just to throw it again. I used to take the light rail every weekend to see him since it was right next to my school and ended right down the street from him. He once fell asleep while I was riding it and wouldn't answer his home or cell phone. I had to walk like two or three miles in the Arizona sun during midsummer to get to him since he was closer than my friend. After that, I started going to his house less and hanging out with my friends closer to home. He called me one day while I was hanging out with someone who shared the name of one of my D&D mates and blew up. He basically ended the relationship over the phone and I hung up on him. I refused to answer his calls as well since I didn't have to deal with any immediate repercussions. He wound up apologizing and attempted to win me back. I refused and he started threatening to drive into my house. I don't remember having any physical or even visual interactions with him since then. I don't think I would have been able to leave him if we didn't have an issue over the phone. I'm terrified of what would have happened if I managed to try to break up with him in person. Or worse, if we had gotten married. He mentioned while trying to win me back that he was going to ask me to marry him. I had another piece of shit boyfriend a few years later for about a year, and it caused additional mental trauma. I don't want to go into that much detail really, but he would make me watch him punch himself in the head or bang his head against the wall. It was as if he was punishing someone else with how much he could put into it. Both of these men could have easily done something terribly worse if the relationships had not ended. I refused to date anyone for about five years after that last relationship. I wanted someone who connected with me and didn't change after we started getting physical. My boyfriend of the last two and a half years is aware of some of the details and is very understanding as to why I shut down during certain situations. He's been trying to help me open up to him since I only ever had one other normal relationship and hadn't had another person care for my feelings and opinions for a long time. He can tell when something's wrong and will keep asking me until I tell him since he knows I will shut down but want to open up to him. In the time I have been with him, I have found myself crying with him beside me because I can't believe I've found someone so sweet to me. It happened quite often at first, the crying that is, but has since slowed down. Still happens though since he's been with me through so much. This encounter happened very recently, and I honestly don't know if I'm overthinking things or not, so I'm turning to you. So my boyfriend and I went to Dave & Buster's for a date night the other day, and everything was going well, until I passed by this woman closely standing next to a couple. At first I thought she was with them because she was following them around. She looked like she was in her mid to late 20s, I think. I saw her staring at me from afar, which was weird, but I shrugged it off, since I'm Southeast Asian, hanging out with a majority white and Hispanic populated area. Then my boyfriend and I walked past her, and I felt her tap my arm. I looked. When I turned my head to look at her, she didn't say anything and continued to stare with a blank look in her eyes. I paid it no mind. I had a pretty heavily tattooed arm, so I thought, you know, maybe she doesn't know social clues and just wanted to touch my tattoo. Yeah, that's it, right? 
A few minutes later, we're still looking for another arcade game to play. And once again, I see that same woman, but this time she's not with the couple and she's staring again. My boyfriend and I found a game to play as I focused on watching him do his turn. I felt a few quick taps on my arm once again. It was the same lady. This time, I decided not to look despite how uneasy I felt, but I did see her pass by. My boyfriend finished his turn on the game, and we start looking for another. As we walked around, I started analyzing the strange woman. She did not have an arcade card and was walking around pretending to press buttons on machines ever so often. She did not go there with anyone. The couple she was with earlier was nowhere to be seen. The look in her eyes kind of reminded me of the people on some type of heavy drugs in the downtown part of where I live and had a creepy and stoic look on her face. As we headed to the ticket prize area, I was talking to my boyfriend about something and felt her tapping on my arm again. This time I was fed up. I quietly told my boyfriend, who, mind you, is a pretty big and buff guy with two tattooed arm sleeves. He looks like he's part of the Yakuza. My boyfriend asked me to point her out, so I looked around to find her and saw her staring again. I pointed right at her, and my boyfriend was about to walk towards her, and she hid behind the arcade machine. We left after that because I felt pretty uncomfortable, especially since I'm already not about strangers touching me with no consent. Now that I've had time to process everything, I realize how creepy or strange that encounter was. I keep getting reminded of the blank look in her eyes and haven't been able to sleep properly because of it. In 2016, I was 26. I worked a seasonal job in a warehouse about a 30-minute drive from my flat. One day after work, I ordered Thai takeout from a place maybe 10 blocks from home. There was a gas station next door, so I filled up and left my car at the pump to say hi to some old friends who lived across the street while I waited for my food to be ready. Maybe 15 minutes of chatting, walking back across the street, grabbing my food, across the lot to the gas station, into my car, and a two-minute drive to my flat. At the time, I lived in a duplex flat, with a gutted adjacent flat attached. Behind me was an old vacant hotel that was currently being gutted and repurposed into studio apartments. The nearest building to the left was an old clamper bar leading to the main street and the highway, and to the right was an empty lot where a building that was demolished nearly a decade earlier once stood. The rest of the neighborhood was lower-income Hispanic persons. I pulled into my drive, noticed a car driving relatively slow past. I went inside and leashed my dog up to let her out. As I was standing in the yard waiting for the dog to do her business, a maroon Subaru Forester, newer at the time by the way, drove by slowly multiple times before pulling into my driveway. I assumed he was lost or looking for something and walked up to him as he got out of the car and approached me. He looked like an older white man in his 50s. I remember he kind of reminded me of my dad. I asked him if he needed anything, and he replied, Oh, no, I I was just checking on you. I asked him if I knew him, figuring maybe I didn't recognize him. He said, I saw you up by the gas station. You seem like you needed help. I'm just seeing if you need anything. I'm usually pretty slow to the cut, but at this point... I'd pieced together that this man had followed me from the gas station to a friend's house, to a restaurant, and then home. It immediately didn't sit right. 
He was just standing there. He wasn't leaving, and I had time to process the situation. I thought maybe he's an older guy, because I'm a younger girl. He's on his side of the town in a nice car for whatever reason. Maybe he thinks I'm a trick. And I said again, Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not picking up what you're putting down. Why are you here? Uh, nothing. I'm just a really nice guy checking to see if you're alright. I specifically remember him calling himself a quote quote nice guy. During the period of this conversation, I had made it to my stoop and he had closed the gap. Behind was the door, then me, the dog, then him, and his car. I finally told him, Um, you should leave. To which he said, Do you wish you had a nicer place? And if my dog, a medium-sized German shepherd, was friendly and reached out towards her for a pet, I yanked her behind me and said, uh, No, and pretty aggressively told him, Dude, leave. He finally started backing away. I stood in the drive until he got in his car and drove off. I took down his license plate and car description. Then I went inside. Fifteen minutes later, he pulled back into my drive, sat there for a second, and drove off. That's when I decided to file a police report. It didn't sit right. I just figured it was nothing, but I lived alone, and if anything happened, I wanted on record. It was 6 or 7 p.m. at this point, so the non-emergency line was closed. I filed out a report online and never heard back from the police. Never saw that man or his maroon forester again, either. He might have just been a weird old man. I never saw any reports of anyone going missing from Nevada in 2016, either. I know it's a stretch and probably has nothing to do with anything, but I only just thought of this again in the last few months. They caught that guy in New York, and I wondered if he was in Nevada before it ever came out. Same guy, same build. But how do you remember a face from seven years ago? I just remember the man at my place having more salt and pepper hair. He treated me like he thought I was soliciting, and he wanted to help out. He did not respect my boundaries. It was probably nothing and not the same man. Scary how situations just make a way of sticking with you. Maybe trying to connect this is my way of making it make sense. So, once upon a time ago, when I had just turned 18, I decided I wanted to try out exotic dancing. All I had to do to get started was get a pair of heels. The only place to get heels was two hours away by car. Me and my friend, who was 17 at the time, drove the two hours to get some heels. We went to five different stores and couldn't find the ones that I wanted. So we decided to shop at Wingstop to get dinner, then go back to the first store we stopped at and get the hills that they had there. We walked into the Wingstop, and this dude at the front counter started telling us his life story, not leaving anything out, which was a little off-putting. Then he asked where we were from, and we told him the county instead of telling him the exact town. He then proceeded to ask why we were so far from where we live, and my friend answered with, Well, she's a stripper, and she's looking for hills, to which I elbowed her in the boob for exposing me. The dude proceeded to give us our food for free and called his mom to see if she had any hills. He asked if we wanted to ride with him. We both said no, but he insisted. 
and I had just smoked some Zaza with my friend before going into Wingstop, so I wasn't thinking. I thought my friend was coming with us, but we pulled out of the parking lot without her, which petrified me, especially when I realized I left my phone in my friend's car. I sat in that car as far away from him as possible. He pulled into an apartment complex and went inside. He came back out 30 minutes later with a box of shoes. On our way back, he proceeded to ask me if he could hire me for private dances. He asked what club I was going to work at. I lied and told him the wrong club. When we got back to my friend's car, he asked for my number. I was going to give him the wrong number, but he said he was going to call it to make sure it was the right number, so I gave him my number. Then he got in the back seat of my friend's car and tried to smoke Zaza with us. He had his own, by the way. But I wasn't about to smoke someone else's Zaza when he was being that sketchy. So I texted my cousin and told him to call me and tell me that my grandma was dying in the hospital. I'm not proud of that moment. Dude got out of the car and went back to work, and my friend pulled out of the parking lot and parked somewhere else so we could eat our food. Also, on our way home that night, we almost got into a head-on collision, but we survived. I was helping clean up the neighboring lot after a homeless encampment moved when a worker from the city showed up. He beelined it straight towards me and started thanking me for the help, so I pointed him in the direction of another lady who headed up the cleaning efforts. He talked to her, arranging a pickup time for the bags, then came back to me, mentioning we are neighbors and he lives in the illegal apartment that is kind of visible from our backyard. He said, he's noticed me for some time. The other neighbors were listening closely, started showing him where, by their house, we'd be leaving the bags. Uh, oh, you live here too? Y'all are the, yeah, y'all are the one down the road for me and have lived here for seven plus years. I've been here for about two. The next day, the bags did not get picked up, so they got rummaged through and it's another mess. But the city cleans it up the following day during regular pickup. Great. This guy shows up at my door talking about how the community organizer, which wasn't me by the way, needed to call the city for pickup, but he took care of it. The community organizer knew she needed to call, but didn't do it because he showed up in uniform, telling us that it would be taken care of. He offered the help. It's like he came over because he had an excuse to come talk to me. When he turned to go, I started talking to the landlord next door who was doing repairs nearby, and he just stared and lingered on the sidewalk. Everything about him is major red flags. Even the neighbors noticed. I gotta stop wearing sports brawls and tube tops in my yard, I guess. So I work retail, and I'm very, like, outwardly friendly, so I am constantly talking to anyone that comes within, like, five feet of me. I have some off-putting encounters, but never anything I couldn't handle. This happened over three days in early December, around my birthday. Day one, a guest came up to me and said, You exclude happiness. Can I take a photo of you? I dressed very unique, so I chalked it up to my outfit, and being the fleshy doormat I am, said, Sure. I held thumbs up awkwardly. And off he went. My other co-workers and my boyfriend thought I was dumb for letting him take my photo. My mom watches a lot of Dateline and thought someone was going to order a kidnapping on me with the photo. And I started to get unnerved, but nothing really came of it. The next day, a man, 
F came into the pharmacy next to the department asking me by my name. I have an uncommon name with an unusual spelling on top. The pharmacy tech made an excuse that I was at lunch thinking he'd leave, but he came back an hour later asking if lunch was over. But I had actually left for the day, so no luck, I guess. The next time, the third day, by the way, he sees the tech. He tries to apologize, saying that he and I just had locked eyes at one point and connected, or some shit like that. In all actuality, I smile at everyone out of nervousness at work. The tech sent all of this to me in a Facebook message on the third day, my birthday. I, of course, had no idea who she was talking about. And when I went back into work, they let me see him on the security camera. And I had never seen him, to my knowledge. The next time I saw him was about the next month, and I didn't recognize him. Because it was too late, and he gave me a really creepy smile. And like flirty waves, but I ran to the offices. The security guys told him that he can't be asking about team members, schedules, or whereabouts like that and he said he'd back off which he hadn't and my higher ups spot him when he comes in and walkies to take me off the sales floor each time now looking back i don't think the two instances or two different creepy people were connected at all while i wasn't comfortable with f asking about me i think the photo guy before him made the situation more stressful and I bet F was a bit confused as to why it was taken so seriously. This might not be creepy to some, but that month of looking over my shoulder, changing my schedule, not being allowed to walk outside alone, and having to sit off stage while F took his time and seemingly circled my area, definitely freaked me out. F came in today at the end of my shift, but I was already, thank God, off the floor. This happened a couple years back when I was around 14, maybe 15 years old. There was a mostly abandoned peninsula in our town. I often visited with my dog when I was younger. I even got lost a couple times and had to swim across parts of the river to get back home. It was always deserted, and you could walk for hours without running into somebody. My mom was always very against me going there, but of course I thought I knew better and went anyway, even though she specifically forbade me. One time I decided to go with one of my girlfriends from school and her two little dogs. It was empty as usual, and we went to the shore so we could play with the dogs in the river. As we start playing, we noticed an older man, maybe in his mid-fifties, that was walking nearby behind the trees. He stopped pretty close and just stared at us for a couple of minutes with an expressionless face without saying anything. At this point, we started to feel a little uncomfortable. Then, we noticed he started slowly taking off his clothes. The whole situation was really off-putting, since the whole peninsula was fully abandoned and he could have easily chose any other location to bathe. We should have probably left at this point, but we were really having fun with the dogs and were not ready to go home yet. We decided to leave the beach and go on a bit further to find another location where we could be alone. As we were leaving, I looked back and saw the man staring at us the same unsettling way. I couldn't see well, but at this point, he seemed fully naked. He didn't follow us, though, and I convinced myself he was probably just an innocent nudist. We walked for about five or ten minutes until we found a new area to go into the water. 
We waited a bit and there was no sign of the man. So we started playing with the dogs in the water. We spent another hour or so there and to be honest, I completely forgot about the guy. Then, suddenly, my friend walks up to me with a pale face and says, We need to leave right now. Don't turn around. Just go. And of course I turned around. And there he was. The same man standing right behind us, fully naked, masturbating, while watching us with the same creepy, expressionless face. We got the dogs and walked away as fast as we could. We have no idea how long he was there lurking in the bushes just watching. Needless to say, I never went back there alone after that. Many years have passed and I heard multiple stories of creepy encounters from different people on that peninsula. It's scary to think that could have happened one day when I was wandering there all alone. The peninsula was mostly covered with a dense forest, and it could have taken very little effort for a grown man to drag me into those bushes. This incident occurred this last spring. Let me set the scene and give a bit of a backstory. I was driving from Minnesota to Iowa for a music festival and decided to leave Thursday night because, one, I generally prefer road tripping at night, less vehicles on the road, etc. And two, I wanted to get to the festival grounds as early as possible to secure a good camping spot. All is going well. I'm about two hours away from Des Moines and I realize that I really gotta pee. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with driving long, mostly rural interstate highways, rest areas can be a godsend when the gas stations, especially ones still open after midnight, are few and far between. So I see a sign for a rest area coming up in two miles. Perfect. I pulled in, and there's maybe three other cars in the lot. Things are generally quiet and on first glance. Nothing seems out of the ordinary or anything. However, I have just a general feeling of unease as I pull into park. And I'm not one to ignore my intuitive reaction to things. But I really just have to freaking pee. Luckily, my little brother had just given me this badass little taser because... He knows I often like to go adventuring in various wooded areas and whatnot, usually at night, and he wants me to be safe. So I grab it quick, just in case, and run into the bathroom. Not 30 seconds after I close the stall door, I'm the only one in the building, by the way, I hear someone yelling either, babe, or a name, but it's unintelligible, just the way they were hollering made them sound unstable. At this point, my heart sinks, beating pretty fast, and I'm still hoping he leaves the general building. But no, I hear the main door to the women's restroom get kicked open, and of course, he comes to the only stall door that is shut and starts kinda mumble-yelling something. I can't make it out, and I just said in my sternest possible voice, Dude, what the F? He finally says something I can make out. I'm looking for my girlfriend. So I said, You don't know me. Get the hell out. And he proceeds to ask me my name. What in the actual hell? Dude is clearly not in his right mind. And at this point, he starts shaking my freaking stall door. So I turned on the taser and repeated, Get out. Get away from me. Before hitting the little button that makes the taser do its little zappy thing. Luckily, as I hoped, just the sound of it was enough for him to quickly 
and repeatedly apologized, and he backed his way out of the bathroom. I just sat there for like ten minutes as I regained control of my composure, and then quickly walked out to my vehicle, taser at the ready, and booked it out of there immediately. And that, dear listeners, brings a close to these true creepy encounters. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you comfortably. If you're awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. In the meantime, please take care of yourselves. I'll be reading to you soon. Have yourselves a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good evening. Peace, love, and light to you all.